Hey, Grace Covenant, what a privilege to be with you today as we're getting into God's Word. It's great to have, as well, pastors stand with me. We're launching into a two-part series called So Care. I'll talk with you more about that in just a moment. But we're going to kind of be tag-teaming the message today as we talk about this issue of the soul. But let me uh, just quickly uh, greet you as we are walking through this time of crisis. I hope that you and your family are well um, obviously, we long for the time that we can come back and gather physically in worship. Um, but right now, we're grateful for technology that enables us to connect with you online. Uh, and as we're able to come back, certainly we're going to keep you informed. We're doing everything we can to move forward prudently, but in faith. Um, and I can't wait till we get back mm. together in worship. But until we do, uh, this is a way that we can connect uh, and be in fellowship and worship and be in God's Word. And I also want to say, before we get into the message this morning, uh, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. This week we got in another 35,000 pounds of chicken. That's over 100,000 pounds of chicken that we've been blessed with over the past couple of weeks. And it's all because of your generosity. We're partnering with other organizations. Uh, we're partnering with a Grace Covenant family that's taken chicken out into the community, blessing others. There are some amazing God stories happening that hopefully I'll be able to share with you at another time. But I just want to, again, thank you. It's only possible because of your generosity. Through your partnership, we're able to be missional, uh, reaching out into our community, loving on folks and serving them. So, again, grateful for your partnership. But as we are navigating this season one of the things that I recognized is there was like something happening internally. And as Stan and I was talking about it, we brought some of the other staff into the conversation. We realized, wow, it wasn't just me. It's like all of us were dealing with a little bit of what we came to discover is a bit of soul depletion. And as we're navigating this present crisis, the challenges it's brought, the change of schedules, some of the, the pressures and the demands, what we realized is that uh, as we're navigating this season, wow, there's a bit of soul depletion. So we thought we would take a couple of weeks just to talk about um, what happens when our souls get exhausted mm -hmm. and, and maybe identify um, some of those things. So hopefully in this series, we're going to bring some definition to what is the human soul, because I think that, that, that's a big question that's often a bit vague. And, and we're also going to talk about like what drains the soul, what feeds the soul. And how you can keep yourself healthy internally. Uh, and so I'm grateful that Sam would join me in this series. You know, most of you are probably not aware of this, but in the craziness of this season, my wife and I actually purchased a home. Uh, we've been in a rental house for uh, a little over a year. And finally, we found the home we were looking for. Um, we're moved in, boxes unpacked, we're settled really just enjoying what God's blessed us with. We have two acres. And one of the things I noticed is that uh, this piece of land that our home is on slopes to the back of the property. And so all of the rainwater obviously then drains from the front of the property to the back of, of the property, not only on our lot, but also our neighbor's lot. And over a period of time, the running rainwater has eroded the soil and it's created a ditch. So now we have a problem. We have a problem in that we have this ditch running out the back of our property. And again, it's all because of a problem of erosion. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, wow, that is a picture of what often can happen in our souls. Like just as running water erodes our soul over time, so long-term stressful situations, kind of like what we're navigating now, can tend to erode our souls. And if we're not cautious, we can find ourselves running on empty and being challenged with a depleted soul. 
And, and, and let me say right up front, this is not an issue of whether you're saved or not. This is not a salvation issue. It's really more about how we're processing life and what happens to us in life and, and the things that can uh, move us from, if, if I can say it like this, having a full tank, running on a full tank to being more on the empty side mm-hmm. um, in our lives. And so internally we began to feel uh, maybe disconnected. And, and if we neglect our soul over a period of time, this is one of the things I've come to discover is that uh, we can like lose purpose in life, direction in life. We can feel disconnected from God and, and disconnected from others. You know, interesting, John Ortberg, and here's, here's a book I would highly recommend. John Ortberg in a book titled Soul Keeping made this statement. He says, we live in a world that teaches us to be more concerned with the condition of our cars or our careers or our portfolios than the condition of our soul. So what happens over the process of time, maybe due to wrong pursuits, maybe due to circumstances outside of your control, maybe due to something like a, a COVID-19 virus, um, we end up with a depletion of the soul. We end up with our, our souls being drained. So here's the question. How can, we, how can we revive our souls? How can we bring rest for our souls? How can we process life in such a way, even in the adverse times, that we're making sure we're taking care of the health of our soul. And I, I think we would need to understand that our soul is critical because it affects how we relate to God, how we uh, really relate to ourselves, and, and even how we then relate to others. If we have a depleted soul, we begin living distressed, and possibly even we deal with depression in our lives. It was Dallas Willard who said the most important thing about you is not the things that you achieve, but it's the person that you become. And the person that you become is really all about your soul. So that's uh, kind of an opening of what we want to talk about today. But the, the word soul, Stan, is, is, um, it's, it's a bit vague. It's a, it's a bit undefined at times. So I know you've done a lot of reading on the soul, a lot of research. So would you talk with us a little bit about what is, when we say the human soul, what are we talking about? Well, that's a really big question, and I confess it's not always easily answered. I, I do think that today I have some thoughts that I can pass on that will give us some greater insight into the soul. And I, I would begin by saying, in, in my opinion, uh, I believe that soul is one of the most important words in Scripture. Uh, and while we know that the soul is significant, we know that the soul matters, so often we find ourselves at a loss for really understanding the meaning of the soul. Uh, And so with that, I would say, thankfully, I'm not left to my own. I don't have to depend on my own opinion. I don't have to depend on your opinion, the opinion of others. Um, I don't have to get lost in a mountain of um, self-help books. But instead, we can go back to the very beginning, all the way back to uh, creation uh, to get to learn what the soul is all about. So I'd like to read a passage of Scripture to us all. It's from Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 7. And as I said, it takes us all the way back to the beginning. And it says this, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now listen to this. And man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. So what we can conclude from this is that when God created man, he didn't just create some lump of flesh or a sculpture of flesh, but instead he breathed into man and man became a living soul. 
And I think one way to think about it is that we're not just a self, we're a soul. Uh, so I think that this is very foundational in understanding the meaning of the soul, but we also want to understand that the soul has a purpose. Uh, and the purpose of the soul, I think one of the easiest ways, and I've heard others say this, and so I'm, I'm borrowing it, but the soul is that kind of the glue that holds us all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to take it a little bit further. We've probably all seen a diagram like we're going to see, uh, and it, it describes the, the four dimensions that we're made of. And so uh, we all know we're made of four dimensions. We're made of the will. We're made of the mind. We're made of the body, and then we're made of the soul. Our, my, our will is that place where we have the, the ability to choose. It's where our intentions reside. Um, our will, uh, our mind is that place where our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our values, our convictions, our conscience, they all reside there. And then there's our body. And um, our body, well, it's our body. I mean, it's it's the physical expression of who we are. Uh, it's our body language. It's our face. It, it's our actions. And so then with that, though, there's a fourth dimension, and it's the soul. And the soul has the capacity to integrate all of those other parts into one whole person. And it's so important that we understand that uh, the soul is the deepest part of who we are. Um, the soul, it's kind of like the, the program that runs the computer. Uh, and interestingly, we don't notice it a- a- until it messes up. So it's really important that we recognize that our soul is not something we have, but our soul is what we are. It's our self-conscious identity. Um, oftentimes, people don't necessarily think of the soul in biblical terms. And um, can you tell us, you know, is, is the soul a biblical concept? Where do we find it? Surely we find it beyond uh, Genesis 2, chapter 7. Absolutely. It's amazing how much the Bible has to say about this. So actually, there's, uh, the word soul is mentioned 439 times in the Bible, found in 423 different, or excuse me, 432 different verses. So, so the list is certainly exhaustive. Uh, and I want to narrow it down just to about four or five scriptures I think are significant for us as it speaks to our soul. First, we're to love God with all our soul. It's interesting when Jesus is asked this question by the religious leaders, which is the greatest of the commandments, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. he actually quoted the scripture that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, that says, we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, get this, all your soul, and all your strength. So, so we're to love God with our soul, with that inner part of our being. And you define that stance so well. Not only are we to love God with our soul, but we're to worship with all of our soul. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, or praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So we're to worship the greatness of God out of our soul. Mm-hmm. Not just with our mind, but out of the deepest part of our being. Not only that, but our soul finds rest in God alone. In Psalm verse 62, verse 5, the scripture says, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone, for my hope comes from Him. And then Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Speaking to the soul. 
Uh, put your hope, put your trust in God. So our soul finds rest in God. I was thinking about this, you know, even as like a fish is created to thrive in water, so our souls are, are created to thrive in relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so our souls find rest in God, but we also discover that it's foolish to pursue worldly gain to the point that you forfeit your own soul. Interesting, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his own soul? So if you gain all of the worldly goods, uh, by the way, that are temporary, and you forfeit your own soul, hear me, friend, you lose. You lose. And Jesus would say, man, don't be chasing after stuff that's temporary so much that you neglect, that you neglect your soul. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, we also have this verse that says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So as we think about um, our souls being anchored, it, um, that happens as we find ourselves rightly related to God. So again, soul connected to God gives us the stability, uh, even in times even in times of crisis. So, so Stan, as we see from God's word, like throughout Scripture, over 400 times we mm-hmm. find the word so God's specifically, directly speaking to our soul. So obviously, throughout God's word, because it's how God created us. I mean, you read the verse in Genesis 2-7, how God breathed into us, and we didn't become living beings, we became living souls. So, so the question back to you, how do you know? How can someone know, like, is my soul suffering? Am I, am I experiencing soul depletion? Uh, that's a great question, and I want to begin to answer it with a, with a personal story. Um, several weeks ago, I, uh, I got into my truck, and uh, when I cranked it up, I noticed that on the dashboard there was a light on, uh, and that light was an indicator light that was telling me that one of my tires uh, was low on air. Uh, and my thought was I ignored it. I said, you know, I'll take care of that later. And I went about my business. And uh, every day after that, when I got into my truck, that light was still there. And I continued to ignore it until last Friday. Uh, Cammie and I were out in my truck running some errands. We made a turn and suddenly there was this really loud noise. And immediately Cammie said, we have a flat tire. And to make a, a long story really short, because I ignored the the indicator on my dashboard, it cost me. It cost me a tow truck ride, and it cost me actually two new tires, all because I ignored the indicator light. And uh, just my truck, all of our automobiles, they all have those indicator right. lights. They all have the gauges that tell us when there's a problem with our car, with, with our automobile. But we're not any different. God made us in a way that we have built-in gauges and indicators uh, that tell us when there's something wrong, and particularly when there's a problem in our soul, when our soul is suffering. And the list of those indicators is really long, far too many uh, than we could talk about today. But I think there's three that we've identified that I'd like to just briefly talk about. And, and the first is that uh, an indicator that our soul is suffering is when we um, feel uh, isolated from God and from other people. Um, our soul seeks to help us connect with God. It seeks to help us connect with others, and it seeks to help us connect with ourselves. And when we find ourselves, maybe on one side where we feel like God's distanced himself from us, isolated, we know he doesn't do that. Or if we find ourselves 
isolating ourselves from God. We distance ourselves from God. Uh, We begin to distance ourselves from other people when we just no longer have that fire in us in our relationship with God, where we're pursuing him or where we just don't want to connect with people. um, I think we have to stop and say, okay, this is an indicator because this is not normally me. So there's there's something wrong in my soul. I think that a second indicator is when we feel disoriented, when we feel depleted, when we uh, lack purpose and direction. Um, It's those times when um, suddenly uh, we just can't make sense of it all. Life seems overwhelming. Uh, We kind of feel like we're living in a fog and we, we suddenly we can't. We can't prioritize the large things or the small things. Um, again, we're overwhelmed, and we, um, we just don't have that get-up-and-go in us anymore. We literally feel depleted, like I have nothing to give. And then we actually can lose sight of uh, our own identity. Uh, we know that as believers, our identity is in Christ, but we begin maybe to doubt that or forget that, and we, um, uh, we, just, we, we begin to doubt uh, even... Uh, the, the purpose that God created us for, the call on our lives. And when we begin to experience those things, again, we have to step back and say, what's going on? This is not how I, I'm created to be. What's the problem with my soul? And then finally, I think that um, we can, uh, an indicator that our soul is suffering is um, when we uh, find patterns of behavior uh, that are inconsistent for us and we don't know why. Again, God created us to um, connect. Uh, the soul seeks to connect us with God. It, it seeks to connect us with others, and it seeks to connect us with ourselves. And um, we, God's called us to do that in, in kindness, in caring, thoughtful manners. But when we find ourselves suddenly um, acting, reacting, responding to people and situations in ways that are not consistent with us, when it's unkind, when it's rude, when the tones that we use are different than what we know we're supposed to do, um, even when there's uh, we cause mental and emotional stress with our words or we use our words to harm, those are indicators that there's something going on in our soul, our soul's suffering. So we have to step back. And we have to say, ask some questions. What's going on inside of me? Why is this pattern uh, of inconsistency? Why is it there? Why am I responding that? What's wrong with my soul? Um, so on the flip side of that, I'd like to ask you, uh, how do we know when our soul is doing well? I think you identified um, three really key qualifiers or identifiers when our soul's suffering. So I think it's really almost the opposite of what you yeah. just talked about. Um, I think we know our soul is thriving when we're rightly connecting with God and we're rightly connecting in relationship with others. You, know, you read the verse earlier from Genesis 2, 7 that says, God formed man out of the dust of the earth, breathed in his nostrils, and he became a living soul. And interesting, if you read on down in chapter 2, you'll find in the creative process that God says it's not good that man would be alone, and he created a helpmate, Eve, so there's Adam, he created Eve for relationship. So now we have Adam in relationship with God, in relationship with Eve, and God said it was good. So I think that the first sign, you know, when your soul is, is healthy and doing well, is you're rightly connecting with God and you're mm-hmm. rightly connecting with others. It's almost like taking a battery and, and connecting it to a battery charger. It energizes the battery as we're connecting with God, as we're connecting 
in a healthy way with others, it energizes our soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a second way that we know that our, whole, our soul is doing well is we have contentment and joy and purpose in mm-hmm. life. Uh, even in the challenges, even in the overwhelming times. One of the stories, one of my favorite stories is a story that goes way back in time, 1871. But it's a story of Horatio Spafford, who uh, was in Chicago, a successful businessman. Uh, 1871, the fires swept through Chicago, destroying much of Chicago. Uh, he sent his wife, his four daughters, on a ship. Uh, to Europe, a vacation to get away. And his plan was to join them at a later date once he tied up a few business deals. Well, on their way to Europe, the ship that they was on was struck by another ship. And in the midst, uh, the ship sunk that his family was on and his four daughters drowned at sea. When his wife arrived at, at Wales, she was saved out of the waters. When she arrived in Wales, she cabled back. Uh, you know, didn't have cell phones at that time. She cabled back to her husband, two words, saved alone. So as the story is told, uh, Mr. Spatford got on the next ship headed to Europe to be with his grieving wife. And as he was en route across the very waters where his daughters would have drowned, it's interesting, he pinned, he pinned the words to the great hymn, It is well with my soul. And I want to read just a couple lines out of that hymn. It says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows row, whatever my lot has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So here's a man who's, who's lost his four daughters. And, and, and in this intense time of struggle, yet he, he pens this great hymn that, again, we even still sing today about how it's well with his soul, even in the midst of the storm. Why? Because even in the crisis, he was connected in right relationship with God. Even in his grief, there was, uh, there was the ability for him to have peace mm-hmm. in the soul. So I think that, that's another sign. And that we're content. There's purpose in life. And, and I think a final way that you know your soul's doing well is, is when you're consistently responding to others in a healthy way rather than reacting in a wrong way. Listen, if you're consistently, continually blowing up on people, like if you're always like on the edge and you're attacking, um, then I would say, hey, there's a problem. The problem's not with someone else. Quite possibly, the problem is, man, your soul's depleted. Uh, and so it, that's just, uh, that's a way that we know, am I rightly responding, wrong responding? So as I'm rightly responding, even, even my relationship with my wife or, or staff, or as I'm interacting with others, um, I, I can know, I can tell, like if I'm rightly responding, even in times when I'm pressed, what, I, there's a right soul connection that, that's happening. But, but what we must know and be aware of is that each of us are responsible for the health of our own soul. Listen, I can't come fix your soul. I can't come and revive your soul. You have to take personal responsibility for the care of your soul. John Ortberg in his book, Soul Care, which I referenced earlier, makes this statement. He says, you don't direct the soul, you feed it so that the soul can direct you. So, we, so may, we, may we feed our souls well. I, that's the thing I've had to navigate throughout my years of following Christ, to make sure that I'm feeding my soul. Because I'm telling you, there's so many things that I face just in life, in ministry, that has a tendency to drain my soul. So I have to keep 
feeding myself. That's my responsibility. Pastor Stan, that's your responsibility. Right. And I think it's very important that we pay attention to those indicators along the way. An interesting thing happened today. I got in my truck. I looked on the dashboard and that same light was on. You know what I did? I stopped and I put air in my tires because I knew from last week's experience what the uh, cost could be. And I didn't want to experience that again. And I think the same is true. Right. Uh, when we uh, have experienced the suffering of the soul one time, we don't want to go through it again. So we feed the soul. We, we, we look for the indicators. Next week, we're going to pick up and we're going to talk about like, okay, how do you feed the soul? Some resources that we've identified available. But there's two things that we would encourage you to as we wrap this up today. First, I would challenge you to take 30 minutes this week, be still and just reflect on how are you doing in the soul? Um, Take some of the material we talked about today for reflection. And, And Sam, what would you recommend? Well, um, don't be afraid to look inside. Um, again, the soul seeks to help us connect with ourselves. And when we connect with ourselves, when we look within, the Bible talks about examining your own heart. Uh, it's only then that we can allow ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit uh, and minister to our soul so we can move from soul depletion to uh, a soul that is well. Amen. Well, let me pray with you as we conclude today. Lord, I thank you that you created us in a way that we would have the ability and the privilege of connecting in relationship with you. So, Lord, I pray not for myself, uh, for, for Pastor Stan, but, Lord, for all of those who are watching today. Uh, Lord, may we be able to do a, a true analysis of what's happening in our souls. And Lord, if there's a place of soul depletion, if there's a place of soul exhaustion, Lord, I pray that individuals would be willing to take the necessary steps to connect with you. And and Lord, even as we pick this up next week and further talk about how do we feed our souls, Lord, may we be diligent to guard our souls and to make sure that we're processing life in a healthy way, that we're honoring you, that we're connecting in a way that we're bringing value for others. Lord, may... uh, May you, by your spirit, just give us understanding into this topic that's uh, sometimes a bit difficult to get our minds around. But I pray blessings today uh, for everyone who would be connecting with us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.